Hope for the holidays. Um, so we have hope in who? Jesus. Very good. So um, as we acknowledge this, as we speak this, our actions should match those two things. Because if not, we're called a... And we're all full of them. I love it when people say, I'm not going there. They're a bunch of hypocrites. Yep. Thank you very much. Because I'm not perfect. I'm not Jesus. Only there was only one good person at Jesus. So when we say, well, that, that is a good person. No. They're only good because Jesus threw them. Jesus is good. And we are not. We are the ones who need Jesus. That's why Jesus came. Because God couldn't get to us without Jesus. And so Jesus is our blessed hope. Jesus is everything to us. And Titus um, uh, talks about the blessed hope that we have in Jesus. So we're going through the books of the Bible. Uh, next year we're not doing that. Uh, but this year we're focused on Jesus through the books of the Bible. We're almost done. Uh, so we're in Titus today. And hope is a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. So what are we hoping for as Christians? Uh, very good. Jesus coming back. Okay, I want him to come back quickly now. But then I feel bad on the other hand because not everybody's a Christ follower. And so I'm a little selfish when I ask Jesus come back quickly. But on the other hand, I'm like, I want everybody to go to the heaven. So I'm kind of in this war and this battle for the expectation of the hope that something's happening. And so we have this hope. What do kids have hope for at Christmas? Presents. Okay. I would love to have one. I know Katie looks at me weird every time I say this, but I would love to have a Christmas with no presents. Mm-hmm. I would just love that. One, just one Christmas, nothing else, just one present. And who's that present? Jesus. Oh, there you go. And then we could just have family time and spend all the money on food. Anyway, um, so a feeling of expectation of things to happen, a feeling of trust. Hope and trust go together. If you don't trust, then you don't have hope. And if you don't have hope, you don't have trust. And so a lot of times when uh, through the holidays, it's hard to have that hope. Okay, When we have uh, certain things in our, our family that has happened, uh, certain people have passed away, certain things are, you know, tragedies happening. But hopefully we don't lose that hope. Because I've seen people who lose that hope and it's not good. We have people in a lot of our families and our friends and people that we know that have lost hope and done some decisions that did not end well. But I hope that you have hope in Jesus because he's the one that fills us. So hope is an optimistic state of mind that is based on expectation of positive outcomes with respect to events and circumstances in one's life or the world at large. So we know that Jesus has fulfilled these things. Jesus came Um, He saw he kicked sin's butt and the devil, and now we don't have to have a second death. He resurrected. He's in heaven. And we know that because of eyewitnesses. We know that because of external um, evidence and history. We know that about 500 people or more that wrote it down. We have people who have have over the years changed from 180 degrees from a horrible, horrible person to now a a kind and gentle person. Uh, I've seen that so many times in my life. And there's no explanation except for Jesus. None. It's not positive thinking. It's not the power within. It's not all the external things that we can go through or the medicine that we take. It is strictly the only thing I've seen to change somebody that drastically is Jesus. 
And so I have hope in Jesus because of the external and the expectations that I've seen happen and the positive outcomes. And now I can put my trust and faith in Jesus. And he stays firm. And so if we have hope, we're going to have it in a firm foundation. I love my wife, but I don't have much hope in her. Okay? Sorry. And she doesn't have it in me because I break stuff. And I, I, on our screen door, I, I, I'm a Timu kind of guy. Okay? I like buying stuff off Timu. I'm sorry. But anyway. Oh, there you go. Thank you. Or the couch. Um, and she doesn't have that much hope on me because I break stuff and I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sloppy. I'm, you know, hey, did you see your hair this morning? Anyway, but we have hope in Jesus and that's our foundation. And so if we have hope in Jesus and Titus is teaching us here in Titus chapter two, verse 11, he says this, there is hope in God's salvation through Jesus. And God sent Jesus for that purpose. I know we always say Jesus is the reason. Okay, but Jesus is the reason for every season. And so we have hope in God's salvation through Jesus Christ. So Titus chapter 2, verse 11. For the grace of God has appeared that offers what? To how many people? Okay, nobody's left out. People are like, well, if I don't do this, this, and this, if, I, if I'm not looking like this, if I'm not this right color, if I'm not this. No, no, no. All people can come to Jesus Christ. Now, that's a choice that if you want to, guess what? You're going to change. If you come to a holy God, you are going to change. If you don't, you might reconsider your commitment. Because God will change you. Now, I'm not saying that when you, strictly when you have faith in Jesus, oh, I'm done everything. I'm, I'm whole. I'm an adult in Jesus Christ. No. You have to grow. You're a baby in Christ and you grow. We're not going to expect you to just, like, be perfect. Because there's only one perfect person. That's Jesus. And so consider the following. The ship is the church. The people. Headed for home. Where are we heading? Oh, yes. Can't wait. Actually, we're, we're headed for a new heaven and new earth. But for right now, heaven, until God comes back. The water is the world. In the water surrounding the ship are people who are lost and drowning. They're lost because they have chosen to, they've chosen to disobey God and they're drowning in their own sorrow and sin. Most don't even realize they're lost and will eventually drown because, to be honest, it's fun to swim in water. Therefore, most continue in their fun, never even noticing the ship calls to them every day. Get on board. There's a cliff. And you're going to drown. Christians are not breathing down and shoving down Jesus. We know what's coming. And if you don't love somebody, you're not going to tell them about Jesus. Because there is a cliff. There is a rocks at the bottom. There is hell to be paid if you're not getting on the boat. Jesus is the way. If we didn't say anything, then we wouldn't love people. I don't want to see anybody go to hell. But unless they choose Jesus, they're going to drown. And so we put our hope in God's salvation, not our own. And so if God saves, and he does then who's the power? It's not by our power or our might or our righteousness. What does God say our righteousness is? 
filthy, nasty rags. And so, our hoping is, hope, number two, is in God's power through Jesus. It's God's power that resurrects. How did Jesus come back from the grave? God. Nobody else did that. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 12 through 14. It teaches us, what teaches us? That we have God's salvation, that we have the Holy Spirit. It teaches us to say what? No, 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 no. Okay, every time we sin, we shout like a little squirt bottle. No, stop it. Okay, or squirt our head, I guess. Because sin starts here. It says no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. Isn't it interesting that like almost 2,000 years ago, they still had the same problem? Okay? Nothing's changed. Evil has not gotten worse. We just see a lot of it because we have TV and social media. It has not gotten worse, people. Sin is sin. Sin has always been here. It's always bad. It's always horrible. And it's always been here. It's just now we just flaunt it more. So when somebody says, oh, there's more sin in the world, no. Sin has always been here. But the Holy Spirit, the power that we have is to say no to those things. While we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is Good. Not evil, not covering it up, not saying, well, now I'm a Christian, I can do whatever I want, because grace increases. No, 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 no. Even Paul says, no, he even has an exclamation point there, no, may this never be. So what kind of power are we talking about? Well, here's some examples of our power. Just think about this. The Three Gorges Dam in China is 607 feet tall. 1.4 miles wide, taller than the Washington Monument and several thousand feet longer than the Brooklyn Bridge. It's 22,500 megawatt, megawatt generating capacity of electricity is 1.5 times that of the next largest dam in the world. It has 273, I mean 273,790 megawatts of power each day. That's enough to run Orlando, Florida for two weeks. That is powerful. Would you want to stand there when they open the dam? No. <laughs> blue whales. Check this out. This is awesome. I love blue whales. Can get as long as 100 feet and weigh as much as 200 tons. That's like 200 elephants in the water. A 150-ton whale can exert 120 kilonewtons of power, roughly double the thrust of an F-15 fighter jet. The force comes from massive tail muscles, but a whale speed is due primarily to its shape. Their bodies are relatively thin, like submarines, and tapered at both ends, allowing the whales to reach the speeds of 20 miles per hour. Can't stop that on a dime, can you? That's a lot of power. And yet with God, that is a boop on the radar. He has power enough to resurrect Jesus Christ from the dead. He has enough power to resurrect us and we just don't tap into the power. It's not our power. It's not what's inside of us or what's outside. It is Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit who gives us power. And that power is more uh, precious and more powerful than whales and a dam. 
And we, we sit back and we're like, no, we don't, we don't really have the power to say no. We don't have the power to say, get away from me, say no. We, don't ha- we, we, we get drawn into the TV program and to the gossip and to the, all the other evil stuff. I'm not saying TV is evil all the time. Just like any other tool, if you use it in the right way, guess what? It's good. If you use the internet in the right way, it's good. If you use anything in the right way, it's good. But it's when we open the door to things that should not be opened and we let that power hurt our power of the Holy Spirit. And we focus on that power. And so if we have hope in God's salvation, when we have hope in God's salvation, it's the power through Jesus Christ, then we have hope in his authority. Now this, is, this gets a little stickier. Okay, we, we like the whole uh, uh, you know, salvation thing. We like the whole power thing. That, that's really good, right? But that power has to be controlled under authority. We don't like that sometimes. We don't like to be told what to do. We're like, no, 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 no. That doesn't work in my life, so uh, let's skip that one. And uh, God, you tell me the other stuff to do, and I'll do that. But this one, no, I don't want that. It's either take it all or nothing. You know that, right? It's an all or nothing relationship with God. It's either all God or nothing. There's no like in between holding both hands, lukewarm. What does God say in Revelation when you're lukewarm in his sight? He'll spit you out. Just like today I was trying to drink coffee and I was sucking in and and trying to drink at the same time and spit everywhere, but it was bad. I was like, are you all right? In God's authority through Jesus Christ, we have hope. Look at Titus 2.15. These then are the things you should teach. Encourage, rebuke with all authority. Do not let anyone despise you. Authority is freedom granted by one in authority. So God gives us freedom. And when you have freedom, you have to have what? To have true freedom, you have to have what? Boundaries. If you don't have boundaries, it's called not freedom. It's called what? Chaos, Chaos or anarchy. Right? So you're either going to be under God's authority through his boundaries, or you're going to put your boundaries there, and you're going to just change all the time. God never changes. So if you, have, if you want to put something in, in, a, in a pathway that never changes, you go to God. If you want to go with your own feelings and with your own expectations and with your own hope and with your own worldly plans, that changes all the time. Look at our, look at our dictionaries. Just, just open a dictionary from 1865 to today. See how much it's changed. Definitions, words. I mean, just look at some of the Christmas songs we sing. We're like, we don't want to sing that because that word has changed. Like, no, it hasn't. If you look at it back when it was written, it meant other things. And now we're trying to interpret by, anyway. It's God's authority that does not change. If he says it's bad, it's bad. If he says it's good, it's good. If it tells you to do it, you do it. If it tells you not to do it, don't do it. It's, it's quite simple, but yet we're like, oh, no, 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 well, that's not really what he meant. Not that, well, we can get around that. Well, that's not culturally relevant. No, this is, what? All right, kids. Kids. If your parents say to do something, what do you do? Do it. Okay, and if you don't, if you don't, you get in trouble. 
But then when we grow up and we're like adults, like big kids with more responsibility and expensive toys, um, we're like, no, 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 God is our father, and uh, we don't want to be underneath your dad because we got underneath our own dad, and we don't, didn't like his authority, so I'm going to go over here and do whatever I want. Even though I say I'm a Christian, and who is this being written to? This is not written to the world. Who is this written to? Christians. So we should encourage each other and rebuke one another with whose authority? Not our own. Whose? God's authority. So when somebody says, well, you're just judging me. No, I'm not. I'm giving you what God tells you to do and he judges you. But if I don't say something, then how much do I love you? I don't. Because you'll keep doing the same thing over and over again. And you don't know that God tells you not to do that. Or when I encourage you, whose encouragement is it from? You're doing the right thing. Keep going. Keep going what you're doing in your faith. Whose encouragement is that? Not mine. Whose encouragement is it? Jesus, because it's from the Bible. These are the right things to do. Encourage them. If they're doing the wrong thing, rebuke them. Under whose authority? Does it say Frankie's authority? Does it say your name authority? No. Whose authority? Jesus. And so we have hope in his authority because it never changes. The right is right and the wrong is wrong. I don't care what the world says. And so if we have that authority, then we have a good plan. We have a good message. We have a good hope. We have a good direction. And so Titus chapter 3, verse 1, he says this. Remind the people to be subject to... Oh, man. What does it say? The royal, royals. Whew. Rulers and authorities. If you look up those words in the Greek, they don't mean Christian rulers and authorities. If it doesn't go against the Bible, you should be doing it. Well, the Bible says nothing about 55 miles per hour, but Frankie likes to go 60. <laughs> Whoops. What does the Bible say? Remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities. Well, my president is doing this, this, and this. I'm going to like complain and, and curse at him on, on uh, social media. Hmm. Be subject to rulers and authorities. See, now it gets a little bit deeper. We're like, yes, Jesus saves us and we're obedient to him. We have hope in that salvation. We have hope in the power that he has. We Authority, okay. God's plan to be subject to rulers and authorities? Now, if they go against the Bible, we definitely need to speak up with respect and love. To be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is under God's authority, we trust that God knows what he's doing when he puts people in charge. When he put President Biden in charge, maybe he was waking up the church. God puts people in authority. We think we have a choice of voting, but I'll tell you this much, God puts people. Just look at King Cyrus in the Old Testament. Evil king, evil king. And what did God produce out of him? Go back and build Jerusalem. And all the other kings were like, what are you doing? Why, why are you helping these Jews to go build their kingdom? They actually went and tried to destroy the building that they were building. And Cyrus like, I'm just helping them out. But he was an evil king. How did God use an evil king to do something great? Because who puts those people in authority? I know it's hard pill to swallow. But who puts them there? God. And there's a reason for everything. 
Maybe it's for us to either come to church and not worry about these authorities and powers. Maybe we need to focus on Jesus instead of our president. Maybe we need to pray for our president instead of follow his example. And so, if you have God's plan, <laughs> then we're going to act the right way. Ready? Titus chapter 3, verse 2. To slander how many people? No. Mm. To be peaceable and considerate and always be gentle toward how many people? Okay. Let's say that together, just to get it in our head. To slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, and always to be gentle toward everyone. Jesus is our hope. And so we slander. Slander means the action or crime of making a false spoken statement, damaging a person's reputation. If you want to actually know what's going on, who do you go to? Oh, you go to the other person and just say, this person did this, this, and this. Who do you go to? You go to the person. Guess how many people tell me things? Not many, because when they give me the gossip, guess who I go to? I go right to the person. Hey, uh, this person, I don't mention the other person's name, but I'm like, hey, this is, they, they said you're doing this, this, and this. No. Okay. Well, thank you. Yes, I'm doing that. Okay, let's talk about that. I hate gossip. Now, do I do the same thing? Sometimes, yes. And I'm sorry. And this is confession. But I try not to because anything, even if it's true and it hurts the reputation, it's still slander. You know that, right? So if you have a problem with somebody, and I know it's in every handbook, in school handbook, in our job handbook, what's the first thing that the job or the school says to do? Go to the person first, and then go to the principal. Or go to the teacher first, and then go to the principal. What do we always do? Right to the principal. <laughs> or we go straight to the boss. We don't try to help the person, we just go straight to the boss. Hey, this person's doing this, get them. Second, we're supposed to be peaceable and considerate and gentle. So in Titus, talking about Jesus is our blessed hope. And if we have hope, then we have salvation. If we have hope, then we have salvation in the power of God through Jesus. And then if we have power, then we need to have it under authority because we can't use our own power. We have to use his power and authority. And then when he has authority, then we have a plan. If we have a plan, then we have action. You see how progressively that works? And if you take one of those out, it kind of doesn't work. If we have salvation and authority but no power, then we're weak and timid and we're never going to be brave enough to speak up. If we have no salvation, then power and authority and plan and action really doesn't matter because you're not saved. So why are you doing it anyway? If we have no authority in the, in the word of God, then we can't tell anybody to help them to get out of the things that they're doing. Unless God audibly says to you, hey, don't do that. I mean, he can do whatever he wants. If we don't have a plan, they're all going around going, oh, this is good, this is good, let's, let's do whatever we want. Or if we don't know how to act, then you take that one out and you just have a plan and authority, then you're going to act for however you want. You need all of these. Because we're saved, we have the power. Because of the power, we have authority under God. And if we have authority, then we have a plan, to, and then we have a plan, we have action. It's all about Jesus. He is our blessed hope and our redeemer. And this is an awesome season because we get to talk about Jesus all the time. 
all these songs that we're, we're singing on, on uh, the radio and things like that point people to Jesus. Please. This is a great time. And a blessed hope. And so Jesus is preaching t- Titus about the blessed hope in Jesus Christ. Let's pray.